Let's pray and ask God to bless us all here this morning in the house of God. Amen. Let's everybody just worship God together. Jesus, we love you, Lord. We thank you. We magnify your wonderful name. What a great God you are to us. You're a wonderful friend, oh Lord. We ask you, Jesus, to touch every heart here this morning. Touch us, Lord, with your love, your grace, your mercy, your goodness, and your kindness, God. Touch us, Jesus, with a touch from heaven. We glorify your wonderful name. Bless your word to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Turn to your neighbor next to you. Shake their hand. Greet them in Jesus' name. Tell them they look nice. Praise the Lord. We all can use that kind of encouragement. God bless you. And you may be seated. <clears throat> I'm going to uh, get our adjustment here a moment. comes on. Now, I'm aware you cannot see that very well. And this is how we started out last week. And then we would peel back parts of this chart so that we'd show a little bit more of it. And then finally back to this part here. And this is where we left off. Now, today, in order for you to better see the chart, we're going to pass out the chart. It'll be, it will look like this right here. The entire chart on where are the dead. This is a subject that we're covering right now. And I'm going to put this one up so that you can see what part of the chart we are speaking of. So the ushers are going around now handing out these charts. That's yours to keep. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, it'll look like it's very complicated, but our objective is to make it very simple, very plain to you. And the reason that there's a lot of scripture involved is because there are a lot of scriptures concerning heaven and where we go and when we go and how we go and all those kind of things. And also the fact that I believe in the scripture where it says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. This is why I use a lot of scripture. Sometimes you, you say, boy, Bishop Meyer sure reads a lot of scripture. A lot of times I'm substantiating a truth that's in the word of God. And uh, not just with one scripture, but another scripture, another scripture. It's an amazing thing how the, the things in the Bible, if God really wants them, those things emphasized, he will repeat it. And sometimes you repeat it even in the same area of the Bible. And same chapter or the same, even with same series of verses. <clears throat> and all of that is to let us know that this, this is a real emphatic truth and point that the Lord is bringing out to us. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to take a moment here and have you look at this chart with us for just a moment and, and uh, mention to you what we talked about last week. So if you have your chart, I'm going to start up here just for a moment. The first thing, see where my pen is. Uh, the first thing we talked about last week is that we're made up of body, soul, and spirit. Now, when I show you on the chart, I just use this red section right in here. This is, the, this is the body, soul, and spirit. This guy with the red suit on, and it's got a big H on his chest. And uh, this, is, this represents a person, or each one of us as we're living. And then when we die, our body is put in the grave here. And then our soul and our spirit goes back to God who gave it. Now, we gave you scriptures in Ecclesiastes where it says that the spirit goes back to God who gave it. We gave you one in 2 Kings, it's not on this chart, but uh, in 2 Kings where it talks about the soul 
how that it leaves the body when we die. And then, of course, with Elijah, he <clears throat> prayed for this boy, and he came back to life again, and his soul reentered the body. <clears throat> the soul is the person we are. The spirit is the life of the person that we are. The body is the outward shell or house in which we dwell. And when we die, it is only the body that dies. The soul never dies, and the spirit is the life, and it does not die. And so whenever a person dies, the body dies, the soul and the spirit goes back to God who gave it. This is mentioned in Ecclesiastes 12, 7, also Ecclesiastes 3, 21. <clears throat> Those scriptures are there. And, uh, <clears throat> and uh, the spirit goes back to God who gave it. Now, down here are substantiating scriptures to that. Uh, for instance, uh, God is the God of the living, Matthew 22 and uh, 32. It says that I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God is not the God. This is Jesus quoting this now. He said, I am not the God of, of the dead, but I'm the God of the living. So he says, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are dead, they have to be alive. You see what I'm saying? If Jesus said that, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm the God of the living and not of the dead. And so therefore, the soul and the spirit is still alive, then they're with God. And the body is the only thing that we have their sepulcher, like, you know, like one place. And his sepulcher is with us to this day. Uh, that means that his body has been buried here, you know, and so forth. This is in the scriptures in certain places. And letting us know that the body is still with us. So there, the resurrection has not yet happened. Uh, two other scriptures that we put here was Philippians 1.23 and 2 Corinthians 5.8 stating that Paul said, I'd rather, I'd rather go home and be with the Lord than, just, than to be here. But for your sakes, I'm here. And twice he says that in the epistles, meaning if he died, his soul and spirit would go up to God. And then uh, and we talked about how that whenever uh, we die, of course, we go to the we go to the paradise or hell. Now, go to God who gave it. If there are three classes of people, we talked about that, and we refer to that scripture uh, in, uh, uh, in Revelation. I think it's uh, Revelations 21. I forgot the exact verse. Uh, Revelation, anyhow, Revelation 21. Let me find it here. Anyhow, it says that it's 22, I'm sorry. Revelation 22, so he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he that is filthy, let him be filthy still. This is two categories of the wicked. That can be the unjust, or they can also be the filthy, but they're wicked. He that is unjust, this is at the end. As a tree falleth, so shall it lie, the Bible says in Proverbs. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He that is wicked, let him be wicked still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is holy, let him be holy still. So there's a distinction between the righteous and the holy at the end of the world, at the end of the world. This is the end of the world. Revelation 22, 11 is at the end of the world. It's at the very end. <clears throat> and it's saying whatever state you're in when you die, that's the state that you will be in from then on. So there is the, the righteous and then there is the holy. Now, we talked about how that this is the red here represents the holy man. The uh, righteous, the blue represents the righteous, and the uh, W here on the gray man, gray suit, uh, represents the wicked. Now, when we die, we go back, our soul and spirit goes back to God who gave it. Everybody still with me? 
I'm pointing this, but I'm assuming you've got a chart right in front of you. And if anybody does not have a chart, raise your hand and the ushers will see that you get one. And so if you are a holy or righteous person, you will go to paradise or it's also called the third heaven. Now, I won't quote the scripture, but you can read it sometimes, 2 Corinthians 12, 4, where it talks where Paul said that when he was stoned to death one time and was left for dead, that his soul and his spirit uh, went back to the, went up to God, to the third heaven. And then he repeats that same statement in the very next verse. And he says he went up to paradise. So paradise and third heaven are the same place. Uh, somebody said to me, uh, where is seventh heaven? And uh, I don't think I've ever read about the seventh heaven in the, in the Bible, <laughs> but I have read about the third heaven. Praise the Lord. And there's one place where it says Jesus ascended up above all heavens. So uh, I'll let you figure all that out. Praise the Lord. You know, there's the, there's the heavens of the universe. There's the heavens above all that. There's the spiritual, the spiritual world. And then the wicked are, are put in hell, put in hell. And uh, Mark talks about that. The Lord talks about, uh, this is the Lord's teachings. The Lord talks about hell. I'm down here at the bottom now. And uh, so where the righteous and the holy are put in paradise, the wicked are sent to hell. And there they are in flames and they are in torment. And we know that by the Luke 16, where he talks about the rich man and Lazarus. And the rich man who was wicked died and he went to hell. And the Bible says that. And I, you can read it sometimes. Uh, the scriptures are in all your notes from last week. I won't go into detail on it because I want to get into our lesson today. <clears throat> and uh, so the wicked are put here. So the soul and the spirit of the wicked is here. The body is in the grave. The soul and the spirit of the righteous and holy are in paradise and their body is in the grave. And so this is where we abide until the resurrection. Now, there's two types, there's two resurrections. And if you have your Bibles, look in uh, Revelations 21 and verse 6. Revelation 21, 6. We don't have, do we have two? Yes, thank you. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. I will give unto him that is the thirst of uh, I'm sorry, I, I 26, I said 21, I'm sorry. Revelations 26. My apologies, folks up there. God bless you. These are good people up there. They do such an efficient job. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water freely. This is 21. I need 26. Okay. 26. Not 26, but 26. Verse 6. Revelation. There we go. Thank you. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. Now notice that. Now remember on our chart here we talked about the holy and the righteous. And I'm going to make a distinction here in a moment with you on that. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But he shall be priest of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. This is in, in verse 6. Back up to verse 5. Just back up one verse. And if you have your Bibles, just look in verse 5. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. The rest of the dead. So you've got two resurrections. You've got the resurrection of the holy. And then you have the rest of the dead. And so on your chart, if you look at that, 
you'll see where that we have the resurrection, which is the first resurrection of the holy. Now, when the resurrection happens, the soul and the spirit, and this the dotted line represents the uh, represents that. If you look at the red the red guy here, his soul and spirit comes back and is reunited with the body at the resurrection, and that's called the rapture. And then the rapture takes place. That's why it says the corruptible, which is the dead body, shall put on incorruption. And the mortal, which is the alive, is still on the earth, the alive shall become immortal. And then we'll rise to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, I'm going to hand out our notes for today. And uh, if you will, brother, pass that out for us. Uh, these are the... These are the handouts for today. I want you to look at that if you would. And this is the Where Are the Dead wrap-up. All right, here our, our ushers are handing those out now. And I want you to look at number one on there, and I've got here a quick review of the rapture. I want to talk to you about this rapture period of time right here for just a moment before I go any further. And this is the uh, what in, on your chart, what the one that's in the red suit. This is the holy and while they're doing that, let me just say this, that we cannot make ourselves holy. The, whole, the holiness that we manifest is of God, and it is the, by the Spirit of the Lord, by the Spirit of the Lord. And while they're handing that out, if you look for a moment in Romans chapter 8 and verse 9, if you look at that chapter, Romans 8 and 9, I think I got it right. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Everybody get that? So you've got to have the spirit of Christ to belong to Christ. Therefore, when it talks about the dead in Christ, it's talking about those who have the spirit of Christ. Uh, look at the 11th verse. This is Romans 8, 9. Look at this. We'll skip 10, go to the 11 real quick. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, that's the Holy Spirit now, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body. Quicken means make alive. It shall also quicken your mortal bodies. Notice it says mortal. Your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So I'm showing you this so that you understand how important it is to have the spirit of God. And on last week's uh, chart, uh, handouts rather, we had various other scriptures where it talked about how that we are the temple of God. Uh, it says, you know, be ye holy for God is holy and that we are the temple of God and God's temple is holy. Praise the Lord. So we are made holy by the presence of the Lord. The temple of the Old Testament was made holy by God's presence in the temple. So if we then represent that as the temple of God on this earth, then God's spirit dwells in us. Everybody with me on that? That's why the Bible talks about repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall be filled with the Holy Spirit, or Holy Ghost. Same thing, Ghost Spirit, same thing. You shall be filled with that. And so that early church had that Holy Spirit. They had the Holy Ghost in them. It talks about it. Uh, talks about the gifts of the Spirit. talks about the fruit of the Spirit, but it's the Spirit of God that makes us holy and will equip us and get us ready to be in the rapture. Just having the Spirit in us and then going out and living our own way doesn't do it. You've got to keep on living for God, serving the Lord. He that believeth, the word eth means to continue to believe. He that believeth and is baptized should be saved. We've got to keep on believing the Word of God, keep on walking with God, keep serving the Lord, 
And God will give his spirit to give us the strength, the ability, and the power to be able to live the life that he requires us to live, that we might be holy and be ready to go in the rapture. Now, in the Old Testament, there were holy people. They were made holy by the spirit. Holy men of old spake, that's prophets, holy men of old spake as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. So as the Holy Ghost would move on them, they would speak, such as Elijah. And, uh, and, it, and it made them, you know, that's how sometimes you feel, wow, man, in a service, you know. I mean, have you ever know what I'm talking about? You come to the house of God, and man, you see somebody run, get up and run the aisle, maybe, or somebody dance in the spirit. It's like I can't contain it. I'm so full of joy and happiness and blessed of the Lord. And, and uh, it, it makes you feel that way. Praise God. And uh, Elijah, you know, he killed 850 false prophets. Had him slain and everything. Called fire down from heaven. And then he went away and got by himself and the spirit lifted, you know, lifted from him. And then he got word that Jezebel was after him and he ran for his life. <laughs> One woman he killed 850 false prophets. One woman got after him and he ran for his life. Because, you know, this is a queen, of course. She had a lot of power to do that. And so all that feeling of, yeah, it's all gone, you know. And I guess sometimes even we can feel that way on a Monday morning or something like that on a Tuesday, maybe. But God's spirit is a wonderful and a wonderful, precious thing. Praise God. Now, let me talk to you about the spirit of God that it will raise us at the resurrection. Praise the Lord. Uh, so two of the best scriptures that I know of in the Bible, and one is in Thessalonians. That's in your notes. If you look on the notes where it says, where are the dead? The wrap up, number one, a quick review of the rapture. And I want you to look with me, if you would, please, in 1 Thessalonians 4.13. 1 Thessalonians and uh, 13 through 18. This is where Paul explains the rapture as we call it. The word rapture is not in the Bible, but the word rapture is one word that comes from the, from the French, lang French language that means caught up. And uh, so the word caught up is in here. And of course, it's just spoken of in that fashion in one word as, as rapture. Look at the 13th verse. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. That's the ones who have died now. That you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. If we believe that Jesus Christ rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. So these are going to resurrect uh, at the rapture time. For this we say unto you, notice here it says sleep in Jesus. You've got to be in Christ to be saved. Say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent, and that word should be pre-event. Now that means upstage or happen before. The word prevent here, this is, uh, is we would think of it today as P-R-E-E-V-E-N-T. You understand what I'm saying? And this word, the words prevent, this is found two or three times in the Bible taken from the Old English. And of course it says, it shall not pre-event them which are asleep. In other words, our being changed, if we're alive, will not happen before the dead rise. Everybody with me now? The pre-event factor? Shall not pre-event them which are asleep. Now this explains how that will happen. 16, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel, I want you to notice the Lord himself will come with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God 
and the dead in Christ shall rise first. First. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And he says, wherefore, comfort one another with these thoughts, with these words, I mean. And then, of course, 1 Corinthians speaks of it, and we referred to this last week, and I'm still talking about the rapture here. This is the part of the, of the holy. This is where we are, folks, and this is what we are striving for. This first resurrection, when Jesus died on the cross and he gave, sent forth, put his, sent his blood out for us to be saved, praise God, uh, he wants us to be saved, believe in him that we may go in the rapture of the church, okay? And this is what our hope is. Now, I'm going to read another verse of scripture to you here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Everybody still with me? All right. Look at 1549. And as we have borne the image of the earthly, that is our earthly bodies, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now, this is all about the resurrection, and it's the resurrection of the, the first resurrection. And we shall bear the image of the heavenly. Now, this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. You see that? Our bodies die, they're put in the grave, that's corruption. And so the, the flesh and blood, the mortal that we are right now, it's not going to go to heaven like it is. And neither is the corruption going to go to heaven like it is. That this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. But I show you a mystery. In other words, this is the mystery of God, and God himself is the one in control of this. We shall not all sleep, that is, we shall not all die, but we shall all be changed whether you're alive in Christ or whether we are dead in Christ. And let me just say this, that God's already got a church in the ground. And if none of us, none of us live right and make it to heaven, folks, God's already got his church in the ground. <laughs> let me just say that. So walk with God and serve him, amen, and be the alive in Christ. But we which are alive and, uh, and but we which shall all be changed. Now look at verse 752. In a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. This is how the rapture takes place. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. Now that's what we show in this chart here by showing here how that this soul and spirit reunited with the body and it comes and then it's a glorified body like as unto his glorified body. Uh, the corruptible shall put on incorruption. And then the mortal, we which are alive and still living, we will be changed to have a mortal body. And so we will together be with the Lord. And we do not yet know how we shall appear, but we shall be like him for you. We shall see him as he is. Now I've got other scriptures here. First John 3, 2 in your notes. And also Philippians 3, 20, 21. These are simply to say that we do not yet know how we shall appear, but we'll be like him that would be like Christ. When Christ rose from the dead, he was in a resurrected body, but when he ascended into heaven, his body was glorified. What's a glorified body, Brother Myers? I don't fully know, and I don't think any of us really comprehend it, but let me just say it this way. When, when Saul of Tarshish, who was Paul, later Paul, met Jesus on the road to Damascus, the Bible says that Jesus appeared to him and he was brighter than the noonday sun. That's a glorified body. 
okay? Uh, I don't know how that is. Whenever John on the Isle of Patmos and received the book of Revelation, he saw the presence of the Lord and he fell at his feet as a dead man. The presence and the power of Jesus were so great and so mighty. Now, what kind of body will we have? We do not yet know, but it'll be like his body. So we'll have a glorified body. Praise the Lord. And whatever it is, that's all right with me. Praise the Lord. God's got it all figured out. Jesus is the first fruits of that resurrection. And then we, of course, are the first resurrection people who rise to meet him in the Lord. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. From there on, then on, forever and ever, we will be with the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Now, I want to go back to the part about the righteous here because this is where our lesson really kicks in here today. And there is the wicked. I've mentioned that to you here. The, the wicked will be reunited with the wicked body. And then the wicked body will also come forth at the last resurrection. The last resurrection. Now, everybody still with me? Now, give me your attention for a moment. Look on your chart. This uh, arrow here represents the rapture. This is the holy that will go up at this point. Following the rapture of the church, there's coming a great tribulation on this earth. That's what much of Revelation, or, pardon me, the book of Revelation is all about. Much of the book of Revelation is about this tribulation period. It's really only a period of about 10 years, 10, maybe 14 years. That's about the length of it. Now on this chart, I have it quite, a, quite an extent, extensive period because there's so much that happens and so much is said about it. I just want to say this for what is worth to you. It'll be a horrible time to try to live on this earth during the tribulation period. When you read about all the wars and destructions and things that's coming that the Bible describes, it is a horrible thing to think about. Uh, and yet, when I look around the world and I see what's developing in the world, I'm not surprised that the book of Revelation has already been talking about it. It's already spoken about it. Folks, let me just say this for what it's worth to you. These nations that's building up atomic power, you know, like Iran, like North Korea, and uh, you hear all this stuff kicked around on news, news every night and everything, but all of that, Russia has the atomic bomb, England has the atomic bomb, France has the atomic bomb, uh, Israel has the atomic bomb, America has the atomic bomb. Uh, I think, I think India, India, I think, has the atomic bomb. Uh, North Korea has a time. Sooner or later, sooner or later, some things are going to start happening. And when it does, it's going to be a chaos situation in the world. And when you pick up in the sixth chapter of the book of Revelation, in the ninth chapter of the book of Revelation, you see how that all of that is possible. When I was a young man, I used to read that and I think, I don't know how this could ever be. The world doesn't seem like bad, that bad of a shape. Now, I'm talking about me, a young man. That's been 60 years ago. Now, today, today I look out, I said, I see where it's all possible. And this is one of the fears that our leaders have today. Why am I telling you that? Because you want to get ready to go in the rapture here. You don't want to go through the tribulation period. And if you're ready for when Jesus comes and he'll, the Bible says he's not appointed us to wrath. And it will be the wrath of God being poured out upon the earth. He's not appointed us to wrath. So if you live for God, walk with God and serve the Lord, in a moment, the twinkling of an eye will happen. Nobody knows the day or the hour. 
If you have somebody that's telling you when the rapture is going to take place, it's going to happen this and that. And I've seen that all my life. I've seen people setting dates and setting years and setting months. And, all that. and I always put on my calendar, the rapture will not happen here <laughs> because nobody knows the day or the time. But I will tell you that we can see the signs. We can see the signs. Amen. And the Bible says that Israel will be blinded for two days. On the third day, I will raise her up. And Israel has been blinded since, you know, 78, or been since the days of Christ. Christ was born zero date. And so here we are in the, in the third century already. So we're close. You understand what I'm saying? A day with the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years in one day. Two days, and I, in the third day, I'll raise her up. So we're getting very close to that period of time. And the next major event to happen in the spiritual world is the coming of the Lord. And then there'll be a tribulation period. And that's a, a holocaust and a lot of things. At the end of the tribulation period, right in here, I don't have nothing drawn in there. But that is where Armageddon will happen. The Lord will come back with 10,000s of his saints, which is the church. And, uh, and he will put his foot down on the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives will split open. The Bible says it, 14th chapter of the book of Zechariah. Read it sometimes. And, it'll, and living waters will come out and God will establish peace on the earth for a thousand years. And so people will live on the earth actually for a thousand years in peace. And you and I will still have our glorified body living with Christ <coughs> during that thousand years of peace. At the end of that period of time, at the end of the thousand years is over, the Lord then will judge the whole world and he will set up a white throne judgment. Now, this is where that we go to number three in your notes, if you look there for a moment. The white throne judgment, the rest of the dead. Look at Revelations 20 and 5. 20 and 5. We just read that while I go to you. Uh, Revelations 20 and 5. And uh, it says, But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Speaking of the one that's just below it. Blessed and holy is he that hath part of the first resurrection. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. And uh, this resurrection will take place at the end of time and at that time the Lord is going to judge the whole world now there are scriptures that tell us about this resurrection uh, of the of the dead uh, in other words there's going to be a judgment time a white throne judgment uh, if you look in revelations 20 and 11 you're right there in chapter 20 and verse 5 look in 2011 everybody with me 20 and 11. Okay, thank you. I'm going to read down through verse 15. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away. And there was, there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead. Notice that. If you've got a, your Bibles underlined that. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, and another book was opened, uh, which is the book of life. Now, when it says, and the books were opened, the books is the Bible. It's a plural. The, the Bible is made up of numerous books, 66 books, as they're called. Some of them are their letters and, and so forth. But anyhow, the Bible is made up of books, and it was opened. And another book was opened, a book, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Not faith. No faith involved here. It's all about works. This is a different crowd. 
than living by faith. You know, you and I are saved by, we're saved by work, we're, we're saved by grace and, and, uh, and saved through faith. And so faith is a big factor in living for God here and then finally being in the rapture. But at the end of time is how we lived our lives. And there are numerous scriptures on this. It goes on to say here, verse 13, and the sea gave up the dead. Notice that. The sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead. That means this hell here delivered up the dead. Everything gave up the dead. Everything comes up here which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works, their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This and hell was cast into the hell was cast into the lake of fire here. The lake of fire is the final place of where hell is just a holding place today. So if the guy is a, is a criminal and he's, a, let's say he robs a bank and he gets caught, they put him in jail. And then he has a trial and then at his trial, if he's found guilty, then he's put in prison, right? All right, so if a person is wicked, he is sent to hell and kept there, and then the Lord brings him up the white throne judgment where he'll be judged. And then from there, everything is thrown into the lake of fire, him and everything else that is wicked. And so it goes on to say here in this 14th verse, and death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. Verse 15, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life, was cast into the lake of fire. This is the individuals involved themselves. So what I've given you a picture here is where the Bible talks to us about the white throne judgment. Now, the white throne judgment is, is mentioned in numerous places. I've, one I've got in your notes there is Psalms 9 and uh, 7 and 8. If you look at those verses very quickly, Psalms 9 and verses 7 and 8, but the Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment. Verse 8, and he shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in unrighteousness. And this is, look at the 17th verse. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. And so these are verses of scripture. Look at Ecclesiastes. Uh, the Ecclesiastes is another book of the old. I'm, I'm trying to show you here that the white throne judgment is is spoken of throughout the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. Everybody still with me? So there's coming a white throne judgment in which everybody who has ever lived from the beginning of time to the end will stand before God, everybody. What about us? We will have already been raptured. That's why the Bible says, no, you're not, you're judged daily. You see, if you walk with God, you're judged now. Did you know that? You're judged daily. That's why, folks, you don't get away with anything. You can't get away with anything with God. No, don't even try. Don't even try. God won't let you because he's judging you now. He'll bother you. He'll pester you. He'll worry you. I see a bunch of smiles out there. Some of you have been through some things. I, you know, at one time, I was the youth director of Florida many years ago when I was a young man. And I got paid by headquarters extra money. I think it was like uh, $10 or something. They overpaid me. And I said, I need to send this back to headquarters. But I didn't do it. I just kept, for, I just let it slide. I, just let it, I said, oh, well, they'll never miss it, you know, and I, I don't have the time. And $10, blah, blah, blah. And uh, that thing just, you know, slid around everything. And then I was working for an insurance company, and they said, oh, by, by the way, this year, 
No bonus checks are being given at Christmas time. I said, what? I don't get no $100 in bonus checks? No, no. Uh, and the Lord spoke to me and said, that's that $10 you never paid. <laughs> I'm charging you $100, you know, tenfold. I said, all right, Lord, thank you, Jesus. I understand. And then I sat down and I sent $10 in to, to St. Louis. And I said, here's $10. I owe you guys. It just slipped my mind. Here. And a guy overpaid me on a job one time. And I was, I was just neg negligent to get back to sending it to him. You know, just kept on everything. The Lord worried me. And I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get off the hook. I mean, I mean, God would bother me about it. I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'd say, oh my God, I got to get that guy. I got to give him that $25 that I owe him. He overpaid me. And, and that wasn't, you know, that wasn't what it should have been. And, you know, it just kept bothering me. But I didn't do anything about it. I just let it slide, let it slide, let it slide and everything. And uh, eventually the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night and said, you had better straighten that out. Uh, I'm not answering no more prayers you prayed. I mean, I could feel that in the prayers. And I'd pray and the Lord would do like this. I don't want to hear nothing. You know what you got to do. Now, I'm telling you, I'm serious. Lord, I love you. Please, Lord, I love you. I love you. You know, and then the Lord was doing like this. And I, I couldn't see it, but I could feel it. And finally, I, I got out in the middle of the night. I got that money. I laid it all out on my desk. I said, and tomorrow morning, first thing, I'm going to go see that guy and say, hey, you overpaid me, you know. And uh, so I, and finally I went down and saw him, got a hold of him and everything. He said, oh, you know that thing you paid me about three months ago? You overpaid me $25. And here's the $25. Thanks, he said. He stuck in his pocket, walked away. And that was all he ever said. He didn't say, thank you. What a nice guy you are, Brother Myers, or, 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 or Mr. Myers, or whatever you call him. He never said nothing kind about it. He just took the money and walked away. And I said, well, okay. <laughs> and then I walked away and I said, thank you, Jesus. And then I was in touch with the Lord again. Now, that's my little story. You may have one like that, but folks, you don't get away with it. You know why? Because God's getting us ready for the rapture. Amen. Amen. You lay out of church some and see if God don't get on to you. You go someplace you shouldn't go and see if God doesn't get on to you. And if he does, don't try to bury it. Uh-uh. I'm getting a little pastoral here now. Don't try to, don't try to bury it. Just say, God, I, I appreciate because you love me. You're talking to me. Amen. You're, or you come to the house of God and, and, you know, and had a hard week and the preacher gets up and he's preaching. The next thing you know, he's preaching right at you about something. And you said, dear Lord, how does he know that? How does, he doesn't know that. He doesn't know anything about that, but he's, he's reading my mail. <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you here, that's God talking to us and judging us and dealing with us because he loves us and he's getting us ready for the rapture. Let's just lift our hands and thank him for his wonderful goodness and mercy and kindness to us. Oh Lord, you're so good to us. We praise you. Jesus, we bless your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do, Lord, to help us to be ready for your coming. We want to go in that first resurrection. Hallelujah. All right, let me move, let me move on here. Uh, there are other scriptures that I could uh, talk about to, uh, to hear about the white throne judgment. Uh, in Ecclesiastes, I'll read this 3.16 to you. In, in Ecclesiastes 3.16, and moreover I saw under the sun the place of judgment. The wickedness was there and the place of righteousness and iniquity was there. 
And he said in verse 17, I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. There's a time, there is every purpose under heaven. Now, I'm going to move very quickly here. Well, let's, let's go to Matthew uh, and look at this verse for a moment. Matthew, I'm sorry, Acts 24, uh, 5. Acts 24, 5, if you'll look at this verse of Scripture with this for just a moment. And uh, I'm sorry, 24, uh, I'm jumping, I'm trying to go too fast here. Acts 24, 15, 15. 24, 15. And it says here, and have hope and, and have hope toward God, which they themselves also allowed that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and of the unjust. Okay, and so that time is going to come. Finally, one in math in John 5, 27. I'm establishing this uh, resurrection at the end of time. John 5, 28. John 5, 28. Marvel not at this. For the hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. All. You got a pen, put a ring around the word all. Everybody. And shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life. And they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. So at that end time. In Matthew 25. I won't have you read there. That's continuous. Goes on to say pretty much the same thing. 25, 31, 46. That's where it says that, you know. The righteous shall say on his right hand. He puts the sheep on his right hand, the goats on his left hand, and then the right hand of the righteous and the goats are the, are the represents the wicked, and he separates the two at the white throne judgment, and so forth. And sometimes they'll say, "When did we do this?" or "When did we do that?" And he says, "When you did it unto the least of these, you did it as unto me." I want to say one word here for to you folks: when people are kind to God's people, God will honor them. And when they are mean to you, God will require that of them. Just remember that. And to us, he says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Sometimes we just have to leave it in the hands of God. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Because God will take care of it in his own time, his own way, and in his will. Praise God. So I'll leave that just with you and move on here very quickly. But I'm going to look here at the very end here where the righteous and the wicked are brought before the white throne judgment here. And the Bible talks about, I've given you some scriptures here concerning all that, where he would judge the righteous from the wicked. The wicked are cast into hell. We've already talked about that. And then the righteous will go to the new earth. Now, the holy go to the holy city. And this is described in the book of Revelation. And if you'll turn very quickly here, I'm going to go to, uh, I'm going to talk about the new earth. If you'll go to 2 Peter uh, 3.12. 2 Peter 3.12, and I'm going to, and let me get, make sure I get the right place. 2 Peter 3.12 uh, 3, uh, and 13 is two verses there that I'm going to refer to. Let's read 13. 13 is all we need. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. New earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. And then Isaiah 65 uh, says the same thing. If you look at Isaiah 65 and verse 17. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come to pass. And then in the 66, I'm in your notes there right now. In your 66 chapter, which is the last chapter in Isaiah, 
in the 22nd verse, 66, 22, 22. It says, for as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain. Of course, this is the promise that he's giving to Israel. And then finally, of course, I'm going to read here in, uh, in Revelations 20, 15. Uh, look at 2015 there again. All right. I think I read that to you, and I'll read that again. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. And the, the 10th verse says, and the devil that disobeyed them was cast into the lake of fire. This is back to the lake of fire thing. The devil was cast there uh, into the lake of fire where the beasts and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night forever and forever. This is talking about the wicked now. And uh, so the devil is cast in here. The wicked are cast in here. The false prophet, the antichrist are all cast into the lake of fire. And then God is going to put the righteous. Who are the righteous? The righteous are the people of God on the face of the earth who tried to do the best they could. The best they could. God is a just God. They did not have the Holy Ghost. They did not even, many of them did not even know about the Holy Ghost. A lot of them did not even know the name. Did you know half the country of India does not even know the name Jesus? So we can't judge those people and say, oh, if you're not baptized in Jesus' name and you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're going to hell. No. No, if you're not baptized in Jesus' name, you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're not going in the rapture. We know that. But there's no place that says they're going to hell. But when you come at the white throne judgment, this is where God's going to judge the, right, the righteous from the wicked. And everybody that's ever lived from the beginning of time, everybody is going to stand before the Lord. And God is going to judge the righteous and the wicked, praise the Lord. And uh, look at, look at uh, Revelation 21. And one, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And then verse 2 says, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out from God out of heaven. That's where the holy will be, adorned for her husband. And then he goes on to say how that he will make everything new. Verse 4, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And this is the Lord giving us this promise. Uh, verse 5, he, he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. He said unto me, Write, for these things were true and faithful. Verse 6, and he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is the thirst of the water of life freely, and so forth. He talks about how that God, and can I just say this, sometimes when you're real discouraged and you feel like, Lord, I'm just having a hard time, sometimes go to the book of Revelation and read about the holy city and read about the promises of God and be encouraged because God has something great and wonderful for you folks, folks, people, if you walk with God and serve him. You, may, you will have trials along the way. You may have a test here and there, and you will have a test here and there. And these things do come our way. But in the end, God has, something, God has something wonderful and good for us. You say, Brother Myers, I've been a real rascal in my life. There's an answer to that. Repent of your sins. Be baptized in Jesus' name. Washing away your sins. The Bible says, Rise, be baptized, washing away your sins. It's not the water that does it. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that supplied that baptism. 
that washes away our sins. I'm going to leave one little thing here that I'm closing. And that is when Jesus died on the cross, he gave his blood. You know, when he appeared in the resurrection form, he had no blood in him. He said, touch me to see I am flesh and bone. He said that to Mary. I'm flesh and to his disciples. See, he told Mary, don't touch me. Then he said to the disciples, touch me to see I am flesh and bone, but no blood. Jesus gave his blood to the earth in exchange that your earthly body and my earthly body might have a glorified body and a heavenly body. That was the exchange. That was the purchase. His blood purchased our eternal life. And, he had, and it, it purchased our, praise the Lord, glorified body. Amen. And all you got to do is say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. And his mercy is great. Praise the Lord. For you're saved by grace. Grace is unearned favor. We're saved by grace and that through faith. Faith is where you respond to the grace of God. God's grace is Calvary. God's grace is his love. God's grace is dealing with you about your sins. That's God's grace saying, I love you. I want you to be saved. I'm pulling at your heartstrings. You know what you've done wrong. I want to forgive you of all of that. And he pulls us to come to an altar of repentance. Amen. That's the grace of God. Our response to that is our faith saying, yes, Lord, I believe that your blood has covered everything. And folks, if we will respond to it, God has wonderful, great things for those who walk with him and love him. God bless you. We love you this, this morning. Let's stand together. Let's lift our hands and worship God and praise him and thank him right now. Jesus, thank you for your goodness, for your love, your grace, your goodness. God, you're so good to us. Bless this congregation and bless our morning service today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Remain standing if you will.